Welcome, traveler. You have entered the realm of adventure. Prepare yourself for tales from beyond the dice. Welcome back. We play role-playing games, especially Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition. I'm Luke, your DM, and with me is... Ben, I play Cortain, who has twice outlived his great nemesis, that being Turbo. Peter, I'm playing Sprixton Denser, and he is the greatest engineer in all of Darkhaven. Not very hard because most of them die in like five days. Thought he was an artificer that specialised in number threes, but that's okay. Hi everyone, Trav, <laughs> Little Moss, a monk, half orc, and I'm Levi. I play Lokag, a Goliath barbarian, and I'm looking to look after my little friend Gregor. All right, can all of you roll a d20? We will see who will recount the tale of the previous episode of Beyond oh, the Dice. Can I add a hero dice? Oh, that's a no. Uh, Moss, eight. <laughs> Lokag, ten. Cortain, seven. Spigs, 19. Oh, Benjamin. So, on the last session, the last episode of Beyond the Dice. Th this was a lot more straightforward. It was. It was. And <laughs> mm. ironically, my explanation would be far more convoluted. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, we started off in a in a room with a with a laser barrier um, separating us from a lady. Her name was Rowena, I believe. Edwina. Edwina. Oh, dang it! Last last time I was Convoluted. like, no, it's not, it's not it's not Rowena, it's Edwina. And then it just had that name stuck in my head. Oh well. Anyway, <laughs> so Edwina, who was on the other side of this laser barrier, who seemed to be a, a henchman, a partner of. Uh, of, of Dr. Lazarus, who had resurrected Turbo um, in a contract with the Edict of, of Ire. Um, there were also some other, other bad guys that we were fighting. Um, and it was, a, it was a heroic confrontation where we were, just, we were just kicking ass and taking names. I think Spigs got downed and then Cortain um, shoved an adrenaline um, syringe into his heart and woke him up. And then we got down to the fact that it was just Turbo um, on our side of the laser grid. And Cortain thought that maybe we could make, because we saw a zombie run through the laser grid without being damaged. So Cortain reckoned that maybe there's something that had some kind of chip or some kind of um, something on their person that meant that the laser grid would not harm them. And so Cortain wanted to build a little, a little tunnel with two people two of our enemies we got one of them and then the only other la the last one left was turbo and and edwina did not like the fact that turbo was trying to kill us and um then she shot turbo didn't she at the end she did she did she shoot did. Him, she yeah. shot turbo and then he died and now we're, we're just left in this awkward situation where you know, she seems like she's cool, but she's also working for Dr. Lazarus, who we've been told is is a pretty bad guy who wants to use the helm of the undying to, to you know, zombify everyone, take their souls. So, you know, who knows what's going to happen. Ben, you could have just said that we brought down Laser Wall. Why? Also, Cortain found an amazing sword that is a plus three weapon. And also, 
Spigs. He can defeat giant snakes. Exactly. And, and Spigs lost one of his legs. <laughs> one of his legs. It's just <laughs> hopping away from him. It's, it's gained <laughs> sentience and it's just, it's like, nah, I'm not dealing with this. He keeps pissing all over me. Yeah, now he needs to replace his other leg with like, he has to have a wheel on the bottom of it so he can like zoom around. <laughs> like a trolley wheel and yeah. it's like <laughs> it's a always, fucked trolley wheel. Exactly. It's always going. It all squeaks <laughs> as it moves. Yeah, that's exactly it. Negative 10 <laughs> to stealth. All right, so where we pick up is back in that apartment room, if you will, this living space in the laboratory of Dr. Ecton Lazarus. He has a surname which uh, you have read in the reports. Lazarus was one a name that was given to him because of his, um, his research and what he's focused a lot of his uh, experimentation and study on. Uh, he oh, and that that surname is Hokachi, so he's Ecton Hokachi, known as Doctor Lazarus, and you were there in this wooden floorboarded room with these wood panelled walls and these grand chandeliers hanging from the ceiling, these plush leather armchairs, couches, a fireplace. There are vats off to the west built into this small um, sort of, uh, what would you call it? A partition, a brick brickwork partition. And the vats have the family, the wife and daughter of Gregor Gruber, the dwarf that you had met earlier and who Lokag stands vigilant over defending. There is this orange beam wall that separates the room lengthways from west to east slightly crackling you cannot see where it's projecting from it seems like it's coming from maybe the seams in the roof and the walls in this wood panel and this polished concrete roof but you're not quite sure and beyond that laser beam wall stands Edwina Uh, let me just quickly So just as a little uh, refresher on Edwina, uh, she has this tan skin, these black square tattoos underneath her eyes, red cybernetic arm, and sort of geometric shaped tattoos, a bright yellow plated jacket, and a purple ballistic body suit. I don't like her aesthetic. It's like there's a lot of colours that she's wearing, but sure. Yes. And she has this sort of dark red hair like a burgundy color uh she's standing there she has just holstered her huge cannon like weapon she's sort of placed it on her shoulder area over her red cybernetic arm and a little almost like a a a little attachment comes out of her shoulder blade grips the weapon so it's there ready looking at you guys eyeing you sort of up and down guys up sort of panting in your battle stances as you start to ease Edwina asks you can you please sheath your weapons I don't want any don't want any trouble 
I put my hands in my pockets. <laughs> Mine's uh, kind of attached, but I'll power it down. This isn't a ploy, it's not a trick. As you can see, I helped you dispose of Turbo. He acted against our will and my command. It's not the best thing for us that he's dead, but... I mean, he could have really, really done some damage here. Perhaps, but you also, you also did intervene just before we killed him anyway. That is true. I was... I was hoping to disable him before he was killed, but I honestly didn't want to risk coming past this. And she taps her cybernetic arm against that laser grid, the orange wall. Bzz, bzz, bzz. Didn't want to go past this to find myself being cut down just like Turbo was being cut down. She sort of wipes the sweat from her forehead. Give me one second, please. She reaches up and she sort of taps on the side of her head and you see beneath her skin, this subdermal implant sort of blinks. And she says, Ecton? Yep. Look, you've probably seen what Turbo did. Look, I, I tried to stop him, but I, he's too far gone. A fool, a fucking idiot. Yeah, I know. We'll deal with the edict. I'll deal with them. Keep busy. She looks up at you guys. It seems like she's listening to something. Okay. Yeah, I think he's fine. I'll, uh, I'll take care of him. She takes her hand away from her temple area and the light that's beneath her skin sort of blinks out. Look, guys... Don't know who you are. We're guessing you're from one of the megacorps or an investigative organization of some sort that that wants Ecton. Uh, but he wants to speak to you. I'm going to turn this laser grid off, but just know that these things that you've been fighting, we have plenty more of them. So if you threaten me or Gregor, you'll be fighting quite a lot more. Are we clear? Crystal. She walks over to the wall behind her and does a swipe motion and the wood panel slides apart to reveal a display screen, this black glossy glass screen. She taps on it and swipes and a user interface comes up and she types in a code, places her hand on the glass panel. Very similar to the way that you had placed Gregor's hand against those sort of palm readers in the various rooms of this labyrinthian lab retory and that laser grid that orange beams deactivate she walks over towards Gregor her hand on a canto this small like elven blade like a mini katana her hand on that and she's walking across towards gregor eyes and so the corner of her eyes watching you guys she walks up and checks his pulse checks his forehead looks up to you low cag i saw you defending him during the battle and i just uh just want to say it went a long way in my decision making 
and I think it's gone a long way in Ecton's choices that he has from now. He's seen that you guys are not here just to murder, murder and kill and put a stop to this by any means necessary. Maybe you can be reasoned with. Definitely can continue. be reasoned with. Yep. Great. Thank you. And she puts out her hand to shake yours. Ah, uh, sure. I'll shake it. She grips your hand and she shakes it. And then she points to the north wall where there is a wooden or hallway with the wooden paneling and floorboards running down there. If you enter through there, you will find the main laboratory. Lazarus. I mean, Ecton. Dr. Ecton. He doesn't like us calling him Lazarus. It just kind of sticks because it's a funny name. Um, Ecton will speak to you. I'll take care of him from now. And she pulls out a stem from her a pouch on her jacket and stabs it into Gregor's leg presses the button he doesn't wake up immediately but she then checks over his wounds and stuff well when he wakes up if he's looking for his photo uh, it fell out the side of the other side of the door but yeah um, you look after him we'll go see Dr. Ecton and I'll walk over to Cortain and start whispering. Oi, what's the plan? You talking? Give us some direction, great fearless leader. Let's let's talk with him for a bit, but we need a we need a signal. We need like a a word that if I slip into conversation, you guys you guys get ready to wreck some stuff. Let's say Banana. Hayashida walks up to you, places his hand on your shoulder, Cortain. It's it's a good idea to have a command. Just remember, we can use calms. It'll be quiet. If you whisper into the calm, we can all hear it clearly. I suggest maybe seeing... And he reaches up, touching Lokag's hammer. It's hammer time. (laughs) (laughs) That's... I think... I think I need to go with Little Moss on this. We need a, we need a signal that I can say if I it's, was speaking to, if we're talking aloud to Dr. Lazarus, but something that wouldn't necessarily raise suspicion. Surely that comes into your everyday conversation. What, it's hammer time? Yeah, like don't you say it every second day? I don't, <laughs> I, I say it's it's sword time. I don't say it's hammer time. Hayashida laughs to himself. Cortain, sometimes you're just way too serious. The, what about it's banana time? The the, the key word will be banana. Yes. Fair enough. Man, I haven't had those for years. Those great protein bars. Now, while I did say I walked up to Cortain, I would have then started moving along because there was no reason to just stand there in the lounge room and have that conversation rather than as we walked along. Cool. You guys move through the north hallway until you find this steel door with this frosted glass it slides open to reveal a larger room yeah probably like 40 foot by 40 foot the ceiling's probably about 30 high there are two desks sort of facing each other with all of these uh, computer systems and hollow screens it's pretty tidy 
and further past the desks there are four surgical beds two are empty and two have reconstructed we'll call them zombies uh, resting in there with sort of white sheets over them there are these monitoring equipment which are whirring and beeping and the creatures are not moving they're not sitting up one is a looks like it could be uh, a half orc possibly by the skin tone because it's the kind of darkish olive green and the other looks like maybe a human man very very skinny human man you can see through the north wall the north wall is large glass panels and there is a busy factory like lab there are all of these single arm fabrication robots assembling cybernetic parts and arranging them and then placing them into these stasis fields which have a holographic projection of a subject like a you know you, you for example you see an orc and an elf displayed like a, a corpse of an orc and an elf displayed in various places and the cybernetics are being placed in this stasis field over the missing limbs and parts of their body probably to set up where they will be installed in the subject you can see dr Ecton Lazarus behind the glass in this room. He's standing there in his white coat, his black shirt, black tie, his glasses on, his hair tied back. He taps on the glass and you see this hollow display in the area that he's tapping and you hear his voice come through the room. I'm sorry I was quick to assume that you had killed or hurt my friend Gregor. I do apologize that my temper got the best of me. Well, <clears throat> we didn't kill him. He just seemed, he seemed nice enough. He seemed like he was, you know, fighting us for, for some noble reasons, which given that I think we've seen his family, we can all understand. Yes, you have seen them. Mira and Talela, they are both critically injured. And I, I'm going to help them. Now, my facial recognition system was not able to piece together enough information about you to your blockers, your masks. Um, so I don't know why you're here. I can only assume that you are here to stop my research or kidnap me or something of the like for a corporation or organization. I lost something and it might be in the sewers. Cortain, what are we here for again? We're here because of an item you've stolen. I think you'll, you'll know it as the Helm of the Undying. My Helm of the Undying. Lokags, how I paid a fair price for such an artifact in which, well, yes, the one that you do speak of. And I paid for it, so I'm sorry, but it is mine and it is of vital importance to my research. Yeah, but the person you bought it from, let's assume that's true, stole it, didn't they, Lokag? 
Oh, it was a busy night, but yeah, no, I was in possession of it and it got stolen out from underneath me, robbed, deceitful. I think you should like go back to your dealer and write him a like, complaint. Where did you steal it from? Lokag, I believe you are called. That's correct. And I will get back to you. Ooh. Um, do you need any fruit, Cortain? No, no, it's it's all right. I am uh, I'm looking at my vitals now, and I'm fine. I'm fine right now. Okay. No need for okay, okay. some potassium. I'll let you know, though. All right. Let us know if you need to split. <laughs> so I've got no memory of how I acquired it in the first place, and I'm still under <laughs> the effects of my drugs, so <laughs> my intelligence is lower than normal, so I'm just going to let that slide because <laughs> i got no idea. Because I'm actually super curious, and I was hoping for some backstory at that moment, and Nuts. I'm like, oh. No. Would, you, would you like to me to divulge... Please. How you got it? Okay. All, all I remember was a massive bender. Well, the three locations, <laughs> I went to the awesome one and yeah. oh, well, you, you flesh it out because I, yeah. You basically stole it from the Gasuto. You stole it from them and then they kind of stole it back. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. He didn't lose it. <laughs> Poker might have been involved. Yeah. Now, I don't believe you'll answer my question, honestly, but. Who sent you? Who sent you to find me? We're here. Well, we were sent here by, um, by Hayashida's lot. Dr. Lazarus, we are not willing to tell you who has contracted us as mercenaries to come and find you. Very well. Oh, yeah, I could have just said I'm not telling. <laughs> Instead of just bombing off the answer. Um, Spigs sends a message mm. to Quartain by the comms and it says we could always say like we're here to take it before the corpse take it and we're, abuse it Quartain then says we're here to make sure that no megacorp gets gets hold of such a terrifying artifact now are you deceiving him like is your plan to try and get this and then give it to Lorian how and the keepers of law or are you trying to can you and, and lie to ultra die or if you do get this artifact are you going to give it to ultra can die? you truly lie if you've got no plan <laughs> if you have no intent then can there be deceit i think we need to get it for Lorian. Like, I, th that's I, think, a, that's, I think that's, that's our backstory. I think that's I think that's the case. So I yeah, Cortain is telling the truth. Okay. Hmm. That is good because I offered them an undying cyborg soldier or security officer. I offered them someone they didn't need to pay. That doesn't need to sleep to protect their interests but all they wanted was eternal life and did not like the results of an undead soldier so they cut my funding and threatened them so i'm happy that you're not here to steal this artifact from me and palm it off to the highest bidder which is 
no doubt a mega corporation. I don't trust them. If you're happy, does that mean you're going to hand it over to us? I'm not that happy. No, I am not going to hand it to you. Like I said, it is in vital. It is vital to my research. It is vital to my experiments. It is staying here behind a locked wall. What if we uh, could loan it to you? Like, keep it safe for a bit. You could borrow it for some times. For me to continue my research, I need access to the artifact. I need it to be here so that I can... That No doubt you've... You understand what my... My aim is. My goal. Doctor, can I ask a question, please? Yes, go ahead. So, if you need a mystical artifact to raise people from the dead, like, you're not a very good doctor then, are you? It's... Like, you you would think that science would kind of do the job for you, but no, you need a mystical fucking helmet to do your... to do your research, inverted commas. That's a bit shit. Damn it, man, I'm a wizard, not a doctor. (laughs) (laughs) Look, I, like I said before, I was able to supply my beneficiaries a soldier, a drone. I could turn a corpse into a moving creature, half cybernetic, half undead biological matter but what I want to do is to bring somebody back using a mixture of technology science and the science of the arcane energies things that we do not understand anymore things that we once had a grasp on but since time has passed and we have lost the means to tap into the place of arcane energies, those otherworldly dimensions. We, the three of us, Edwina, Gregor, myself, want to bring people back properly. We want to bring them back, not as a mindless beast, but as a living, breathing person. Just, just cutting you off in your monologue. I'll use my two huge arms and grab Cortain and Spigs, and then I turn back to um, Dr. Ekman and go, what was Turbo's deal? Like, he looked pretty dead. And then I'm going to use the comms with looking at Cortain and Spigs and going, Oi, could he be like a, a colleague? Could he help out, old mate? Turbo looks pretty much alive. Yes, the one that... We know as Turbo was brought... Well, on the street, he was a dick before. He was a dick just now. And now he's a dead dick. <laughs> and he and others from his... filthy criminal syndicate were brought to me for... reconstruction, we will say. Um, 
Turbo wasn't quite dead. And uh, you a bugbear brought dead? to us. No, he w he wasn't. He was on the brink of death, he, but he, he wasn't. He fell like 300 feet from the air. <coughs> and 70% of his body was reconstructed with cybernetic and robotic components. His brain and heart, lungs, a few other vital organs were intact, yes, but most of his muscle and skeletal system was dust. So, Doctor. Yes, yes. You, you, um, you pimp out zombie soldiers so that you can try and bring back somebody that you loved? Somebody that you knew, somebody that you feel should be brought back for the betterment of Uetica. Like, what's your what's your vibe? What's your yes. uh, motivation? I do not loan out my subjects and creations. I sometimes need funding. I have partnered with various organizations in secret to reconstruct or perform cybernetic surgeries on their members uh, like turbo i just i just don't think that just because you paid for something that was essentially stolen means that you have the right to it like it belongs with people that know its true power and can protect it from evil i understand its true power Did have you seen Hordes of undead creatures walking the streets of Dark Haven or anywhere in New Etica. That's uh, every uh, Saturday, Friday <clears throat> did, night. Did I think Cortain has seen some things that will stay with him till he, the day that he dies of natural causes and then he'll die and he won't come back because that's how it's supposed to work. It is how it's supposed to work. Did you use the Helm of the Undying in the reconstruction of Turbo? I did not. So He's just packed, or well, he was just packed full of technology. Hmm. And to answer your question, little, I mean, to answer your question, uh, and he looks at you, little Moss. Uh, just call me I, Moss. <laughs> Moss. To answer your question, Moss, I... We'll be bringing back Gregor's family, his wife and his daughter and those other people who have, who I've offered my services to, to bring their loved ones back, the loved ones who have died before their time. I believe people should die. I do not believe in eternal life, but I believe that people shouldn't die in an untimely manner. Gregor's wife and daughter, they were murdered in a, well, what some might call a everyday occurrence in Darkhaven, a alleyway robbery. They were shot, killed, left for dead, and their brains went offline, if you can understand that 
I can use this helmet and technology to bring them back online. Let me give you an, an, an example. If you will, please remain calm. One of the beings in front of you will activate, and they are not like the others that you have come in contact with. This one, this subject, his name is Bruce. Bruce, would you kindly wake up for us? And you see the half-orc laying on the surgical bed. His eyes open, and he sits up. His cybernetics on his neck, part of his face, his body, there are these like a muscular and um, vein-like tubes running below this or beneath this sort of opaque, this, sorry, this uh, frosted white plastic over his chest area. It starts to pulse this blue. Ugh, where am I? Says the half-orc. Sergeant Bruce, you're in my laboratory. Remember we talked about this a few days ago? Ah, uh, sorry, Doc. My head's crazy foggy. It's hard to remember. How, how am I doing? You are showing promise, like I told these gentlemen. I've been able to help you. Your body was dying, and it is now stable. It's not deteriorating. It's not falling apart like previous experiments and subjects, and your mind is intact. It is not falling to an undead rage. But Bruce, like we discussed before, I'm not sure how long you can stay conscious before your memories dissipate and we lose you. Gentlemen, I need time to figure out how I can find Bruce's long and short-term memory centers. This is the next piece in my research. Because if I can find those centers, I can transfer them into a cerebral storage device. I have plans for one I haven't been able to design a functioning energy core yet. But I will get there. I'm very close. And if I can't transfer those memories, I can possibly stop the deterioration of the mind. Bruce turns to look at the, at the glass where Dr. Ecton Lazarus is. Yeah, okay, Doc. I don't need the specifics. It kind of creeps me out. All that weird stuff. But I appreciate it. Just want to get back to my husband. I want to get back to my life, my dog. I miss them. Bruce, you kindly rest. And the half orc lays back down, his eyes closed, and that blue vein like system beneath that frosted plastic slowly pulses to a stop and goes out. As I said, my research is promising, gentlemen. But the longest one of my subjects has been able to hold their memories before they fail is 
three hours, 12 minutes. And I want to continue this research. I am very close. And so you cannot take the helm. I need it. Look. Sorry. Well, uh, in, you know, Doc, you got, in, you, you already run out of kind of time by the fact that we're even here. What if we could uh, organize someplace else for you to continue research till you I am in down? the Would you be okay? I'm with that? in the oldest section of Lower Etica. I am deeper and further through the tunnel systems that even waterways corporations or sunfarer systems or bio Octa, even map anymore. You saw them. You saw the tunnels on your way in here. They are cobblestone. They are bluestone. They are old and ancient. This was one of the most secretive places. Yeah, but in the city. Uh, but we found it. Yes. Mm. Yeah, we're not really good at finding things but either. But you found so it only because one of my subjects it. broke free. Gregor has been trying to find ways to secure my subjects. We we don't want to destroy all of them because there's, there could be a way of bringing back some of their minds once I get... Once I... Once I finish my program. Could you please describe again the situation we're in? Like, are we face to face with Dr. Lazarus? Are we, is he behind? Like, yeah, so you're in the center of like this large main laboratory with these two desks filled with, um, you know, computer screens and stuff like that. And then these four beds with two subjects in them. And north, there is the the wall is just glass, and beyond that glass, there is that fabrication room with all those robots building cybernetic shit. Mm-hmm. Um, he is behind that glass in that fabrication room. To the west and the east, there are uh, hallways that sort of stretch out with this uh, polished concrete flooring and these white panel walls. Yeah, okay. But yes, he is in the next room behind this glass. And is there, so is the next room, is there an obvious, like, entryway for us? There is this um, kind of, like, two steel beams, probably six foot apart, and then there's a glass panel between it. So you assume that they might, the glass panel might slide up or to the side or something, and that would be a doorway but you can't be 100% sure unless you maybe go and look at it or roll a mechanics check. I'm just saying we could uh, offer you a more secure place. Where? To do this. Like I said, this was one of the most secure places I could find. And the only reason you found me was because one of my subjects broke free and that's because of the rage that is contained within the helmet. And that's when it brings what the problem is. Dr. Lazarus, you say you can control it. You've told us that you can, but the very fact that we're here shows that your control is is 
imprecise that there's that, that, that you can't control the helm and you're you might be making progress on your work but what you're doing is unnatural when it comes time for your death when you die of natural causes will you then decide it is untimely will you then decide that you will break your own rules and resurrecting yourself isn't all that bad is it i mean it's if it's what needs to be done to continue your great work will you really allow yourself to die yeah sorry it's just wrong it's it's wrong like you're right little moss the the joys of life you know you're talking about gregor his family are dead they died it was unjust and that's uh, that's a tragedy but what you're doing is is wrong and it it the good things in life are the simple things they're gregor with his family when he was with them there's you know going on your speeder down a road there's eating eating a simple food like a banana these are the real things that make life worth living not immortality they ever with that code phrase lokag is i'm assuming we had we moved towards any of those tables you guys were in the center of the room Nobody said they were moving up to uh, correct. No one said we moved anywhere. The bed so or the glass wall or anything. Lokag is going to s- strut towards one of the the heavy tables. Um, well, actually, a perception check. Can I pick these tables up? Like, are they bolted to the ground? Are they part of the floor? Can these tables be moved? These four are bolted into the ground with a large uh, platform base. Metal you bolts. Could, yeah. Uh, I, you could you could try, you can definitely try to to pull one out of the ground. Um, uh, the desks are probably more easily moved than the tables. How heavy do the desks look? Uh decently heavy. You've, I mean, do they ripped... look like they're heavier than a car? Nah, and they look Not like they're pretty solid. How? They're fairly solid. They're made out of like a stainless steel of some sort, a chrome steel. Yeah. So Locard's going to um, walk towards one of those desks with, I assume, all the computer stuff on it. Yep. It's just got screens and glossy touchpads oh, well, and actually, a, a keyboard. So Locard's intention with a, a nod and I'm picking that thing up in the voice comms is to walk towards the desk and then he's going to, his intention is to go to the desk, pick it up and throw it through the window. Mm. But that's what he's moving slowly towards. One, one question, Luke, beforehand, and, and this might not come to anything. How, compared to the desk, how heavy is Cortain in his in his TAU armor? Which um, you've described as essentially like tank armor before. Yeah, it's like a it's like a a slightly bulkier Iron Man suit. Um, I mean, yeah, pretty like fairly heavy. You'd probably you'd probably weigh. Weight of a car. Am I going to yes, toss you? like a small car, a small car probably? Okay, I'll uh, message. I'll message Lokag and just say, uh, "I'm feeling, feeling heavy today." Walk with me. I walk with with Lokag. So we're just going to walking up within um well, like fifteen feet of the the glass wall. Uh, to answer, he's watching you guys as you're walking closer. To answer your question, as he looks at Spigs. And then back to the two walking. Where? I mean, I might consider moving to a different location, but where? 
Where is more secure than this? Where? The library. The library. Well, the books. Well, we've got some. We've got some far more powerful stuff in the way than what you're playing with. So. More powerful than the Helm of the Undying? Roll deception, sir. It's a half-truth. There's a demon in the basement. It is. It is. Oh, you're not saying it as in, like, don't fuck with us, we've got powerful things. You're saying it as in, like, where... No, no, There's I'm a thing of power in oh, the library. okay, okay, okay. There's literally... <laughs> uh, you know, have you ever heard of, like... I don't know, it was pretty scary. Big, <laughs> like, I'm right here. Yeah. Uh, I don't mean that like that. I mean like big horns take over the world sort of thing. As you say that, Cortain, I need you to roll a wisdom check for me with disadvantage. Oh, disadvantage. Dang it. That was so good. Trigger warning. Yeah, I just... That's not bad. It's not bad until I look at my modifier. 12. Cortain, my boy. Yes, that puny man right there has what we need. With that helm, we can defend all of Darkhaven, even all of New Erika. You're right. You can't. You can't. Sorry, what? Uh, That's not. That was in my mind. Cortain? Cortain, you hear that in your mind. Uh, You stop moving. You start sweating quite a lot. And then you see these flashes of this room. It's this uh, room with four or five five beams of light. No, there's four. There There are four. There are only four. (laughs) There are five beams of light. A large one in the centre. There is this plinth with an object sitting on it. Underneath the four other lights, there are these large devices that have like a Tesla coil-like design on top of it. And there are these mist-like tentacle sort of... Like it's moving like a tentacle or like a um, like a wave that's coming from this centre of the room and on this from this object out into these Tesla coil things, this sort of sickly teal energy. And your vision is shaking and the edges of it is getting dark and you see the image or you see the, the, the your eyes focus on the thing in the centre of the room. And if you go up to the text channels and podcast the post, if you click that. Oh, that's cool. Do you see this death mask, this Egyptian-like design? It has that uh, the Egyptian headpiece, and like, a skull-like face, and this long protruding chin. And a beard wrap. In the center of its. Say that again, sorry. Like a beard wrap, isn't it? Yeah, like a beard. Yeah, a beard wrap. Um, this on, the, on its forehead, there is this uh, this cobra-like uh, idol that has the head of a jackal instead of a snake face, a snake head. It is hovering above the plinth. There is this sickly teal light coming from it. 
and then these pink eyes open up inside the sockets of this death mask, this helm of the undying. You then see the creature behind it, the creature from the vault, the creature from your nightmares, the creature from your visions. It's standing there with its arms, all of its arms out. It's reaching into the air and that hot pink burning energy, that pinky red burning energy is emanating from this symbol in its chest of this crown. It's silver crown on its head is just bleeding that black ooze and its lipless face smiles it's not a smile like a humanoid would smile you can't really see that it's a smile you can just feel that it's smiling and the creature beckons to you with its arms all four of its arms it's beckoning you guys in the room you see Cortain stop Lurkag you continue to walk past him and then you notice he's stopped walking and you turn back to look at him and you see from the slot in his uh, helmet there is like this for a, a quick second there is this pinky red light shining out of there like this unstable fiery pink light and then it goes away and Cortain you sort of fall to one knee catch yourself you stand up Lazarus is hands are against the glass and he says what was that what was that he's like holding his chest you've done it you've brought some evil here something worse than the helm and as he looks around the room you guys hear screaming from the left and the right, the east and the west hallways. You hear this like a cacophony of screams, all of these different high tones, low tones, screeching, some guttural growls, some smashing on doors. Ecton falls to the ground and speaks. As you say that, you look down one of the hallways and you see all of these doors. They just burst off their hinges and all of these cybernetic zombies start to just push their way out of the door frame, screaming in pain, gripping their heads. All of their eyes are glowing this pink, this fiery pink color. They all... Dr. Lazarus, do the kill switch now. Lazarus walks up, places his hand on the wall, on that section of the glass, and you guys see all of this text coming up and compiling. What have you done? He looks up on the glass. There's blood where he put his hand. You see all of the lights turn red and turrets start popping down from the roof. All of these red lasers start pointing at you guys. All of these red lasers from turrets in the hallways start pointing at the undead creatures that have started moving down the hallways. And that is where we'll leave this episode. Oh. I can't believe I was a Trojan horse for a demon. <laughs>
putting them in the oven until they they get some of those nice little lines on it and then um, and then rolling them down a hill until they just turn to a, a fine paste. Um, yep. Hey guys, do you remember Lokag's backstory or like, I don't know, Cortains and Spigs and how their family was? Uh, neither do I. Um, what I should do is actually go back through the podcast and really listen to it and find out what I know about my own character. And you guys can join me for the journey going to www.beyondthedice.com to re-listen to all our sweet episodes and our sweet voices. Check out that website. It's got links to all our other stuff and it's a fun little playground that sends you off to better playgrounds. Did you leave me out because I don't have a family? (laughs) (laughs) Like you mentioned everybody else in the podcast. No. You even mentioned the DM, but you didn't mention me. Um... No, that's not why I left you out. I just um blank, mental blank. Oh, if you, like Pop, little Moss is there too. You can find his backstory. <laughs> you can go to like oh, no. <laughs> hey, banana, no, no, banana. Remember those fists that he got in the first episode? And never used again. You can find out why. <laughs> banana, banana. No, oh, so good. No, you can't because <laughs> because I don't even know. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe Josh should also go to our website. <laughs> Uh, um oh you're good um you know are you also possessed by a demon do you are you a trojan horse for one is it telling you to go onto our like instagram well i'll tell you what our instagram is so you can go there and obey your master lord so it is at beyond the dice where you can totally check out all our pictures we put up there dnd other games we play Minis we paint, all the good stuff. Check it out again. And after you've gone to our dice. Instagram page, why don't you also go to our Facebook page at Beyond the Dice? You can check out uh, other pictures, but also just get the news when the new episodes are released, when you can find out what happens after a demon tries to take control of Cortain and awaken a horde of zombies. And um, while you're on this whirlwind trip with the internet, <laughs> leave us a review at your preferred platform. Thank you. And oh, uh, yeah. you... we have a store, but Luke will tell you about that. Yeah, uh, so we have a store. You can get uh, T-shirts and jumpers and uh, tote bags and mugs and masks for the the uh, COVID times. Uh, you can wear a T-shirt over your face. You can wear a tote bag over your face. You can wear a mug over your face. You can wear a mask on your head. But, yeah. but Luke, yeah. Luke. But Luke, Ooh. is it the mask of the undying? Can Ooh. they buy that on, on a store? Or the mask of the uh, Yeah, yeah I'll, I might make one. Um, yeah, you can you can get them there. It's not just our podcast-related merch, but some other sort of um, D&D and RPG, some sci-fi stuff on there, some just some uh, some various bits and pieces. Uh, check it out. Uh, that is at store.beyondthedice.com. And if you can't afford to buy a T-shirt or a tote bag or a mug or a mask or a hat or whatever, uh, you can support us for free by telling a friend, by sharing... Uh, something about us on social media, a link, or um, you know, just going onto your messenger, whatever messenger program you use, uh, type listen to beyondthedice.com, click send to all, and then you know, that's pretty easy to do. You should do that, uh, yeah. And then, um, then if you end up in a creepy basement full of smelly undead creatures filled with technology um 
just use just a just make a fire and use the sprinklers or something because that's because technology can't get wet, right? Because otherwise it gets electrocutions, right? Right? I think that's massive. Nah, okay, cool. Massive. All right. So, thanks, Luke. Good night. Catch you guys today. Sizzle. Banana. Split. And stop.